Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Health Coach Lou, and you're listening to the Smart Talk Podcast. You're going to hear specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and right-on-time health and wellness conversations. Enjoy! Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Smart Talk Podcast. I have a special guest on today. Well, everybody's a special guest, but this one I was able to connect with on Instagram. She is a a, a cancer coach, but I'll let her explain that a little bit more. Um, Jeanette, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Mm, thank you, Corey, for having me. And yeah, everybody's special. And I appreciate the time to share with your audience a little bit about what I do and what we do as a collective, especially working with chronic disease. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's kind of start at the beginning. What uh, what were you doing before? What got you started into your your current you know profession? Yeah, so I worked in a completely different industry and I worked in uh, construction to be exact, family-run business, really uh, like everyone else, trying to fill some shoes of our parents. And uh, while doing that, we we ended up getting kind of sick. And it was really sick because of the environmental exposures that we were exposed to. So um, based on, you know, when houses burned down, we were doing restoration work and... um, natural disaster work so a lot of fire water mold and with that came our decline in health as we worked with more and more disaster homes and um, that's what brought us down this long windy road of really additional healing modalities which is really taking your power back and taking and being an active participant in our health and that's what brought me to coaching health coaching and then cancer coaching because I helped my family members navigate that um, kind of windy road and saw that there was a lot of not so much gaps, but a lot of area of opportunity in which we can educate ourselves and then take action at home. Right, right. There, There's a there. Well, first, that that's that's awesome. You know, and I think when we last when we first, you know, connected, um, similar story but i can definitely you know appreciate you know that that journey and and i'm only assuming because you know i don't i don't know much uh jeanette but um trying to navigate that you know there's a there's probably a i'm assuming there's a huge emotional aspect to that but also there are some real things that you need to understand and, and get through can you kind of tell me you know how was that how was that journey emotionally? You know, how how were you able to figure all those things out with your family? Yeah, so great question. So in the very beginning, because I was very used to being, you know, CEO of this construction business, and I wore that hat with pride that when I had to step away from my business and become a caregiver to my parents and my grandmother simultaneously, brought them into my home to do so, it was really hard taking off that CEO to caregiver hat, first of all. Secondly, being someone who's very uh, um, high achiever, um, wanting to see results directly related to our input of effort was very hard because health is a very delayed, um, it's a delayed process. So there's a little bit of wiggle, um, might I say lag room when it comes to creating that inevitable result that we're trying to strive for. So that was really hard uh, as well. For my family members that I was caring for, what were diagnosed with different diseases, conditions, cancers, and surgeries within two weeks of each other, um, 
The hardest part of that was seeing their uncertainty in their faces and myself also having conditions as well. And all of us being like, whoa, how did we get here? How did we allow it to get so bad? And what are we going to do to get out of it? So the uncertainty was the hardest part. And the way that we were really able to get certainty was being certain where our time was being given. So it was, were we sitting down being, you know, sedentary? And we changed that to going into how can we become more active? Were we just being very passive with our nutrition? And then it turned into how are we going to be more intentional? Um, So it was really from uncertainty to get into certainty was to be certain with what we were doing with our time and what we were nurturing ourselves with. You just said something that, that really kind of perked me up just now, you know, well, first the the story is just fantastic. I love how you just took charge. You already had the mindset and it led you down a journey where you're helping other people today. So that that's, that's a blessing right there. But you said something that I am trying to be more mindful of with every aspect, and that is intentional, right? Being Mm -hmm. intentional about your nutrition or being intentional about, hey, did I did I walk today or did I did did I uh, do anything active or did I just sit on the couch, which is really prevalent today, right? With people being at home a lot more because they can't go out uh, because of the uh, COVID because of COVID nineteen and not being an intentional, you know, with, so can we kind of talk about that a little bit more? How, how did you go from, you know, just being the CEO of a family run company, starting this journey into being more mindful of your health? What did those intentions look like? What was that step? What were those steps like? The first step is I wanted to do everything in my power to keep my family sane first of all sanity was my biggest intention um and then from there it was really how can we raise our health score and i could call it a health score just because with all of our labs it's a number it's a numbers game how can we raise our health score so that our sanity becomes more neutral it's not so much something we're striving for because in sickness in disease Sanity is one of the things in my family and in some of my clients is what nosedives first. So that was the first step. The second step was what part or what active role was I going to play with our health? And I had to be very intentional because as being a CEO, as a high achiever, I'm very results driven. And I had to realize that My family were not my employees. They weren't going to do what I told them to. And I didn't want to pressure them into do it for them to do something that they didn't want to do. So it was about how can I go into this journey, supporting them on their terms with their respect and their boundaries. And that was the hardest thing to do by helping them build up their boundaries, helping them speak up for what they want so that I can then serve them. Right, right. Really putting it in in their words so they can know, so you can know exactly what they need and how you can help them exactly. Yeah. And absolutely. Right. Because I had all ideas and I was searching all day, every day for alternative things to do at home outside of the doctor's office in between our visits. And 
I had great ideas, but I wanted to know what was their idea first? What did they want? What did they know innately they wanted to do? And then helping get it out of them. And then I started learning uh, NLP. And then I started learning some psychology of um, disease patients. And I realized that when people feel that there's no light at the end of the tunnel, let's say for with cancer, for example, they start to just believe everyone and everything except for themselves. And so I really had to help them build up that belief within them so that they could voice it to me so that then we could take action. Right, right. So there, there are multiple steps just to get them to be confident in themselves. And then there's other steps to get to where you were, you were just kind of talking about. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, kind of talk to me and you kind of briefly talked about, you know, your, you know, getting your education and health coaching, what other things do you, did you have to do or felt like you had to get familiar with to feel comfortable working with, you know, a population like, um, someone with, you know, disease management or, or, you know what I mean? Like what, what other things did you do to feel comfortable in, in being able to give advice to someone with, um, specific diseases? Right. Okay. So I started becoming a health coach. I got certified in that on my route to be board certified next. Um, I went to get certified in cancer education and cancer, um, cancer coaching to be exact, neuro-linguistic programming, a bunch of other alternative and holistic type of modalities as well. But really the needle mover was to see results in my family first. Um, because they're the ones that gave me the confidence that then other people started reaching out to me for help and support. How did you help mitigate these symptoms? How did she recover from surgery so fast? How did he uh, reverse cognitive decline? How did you protect them using um, really simple techniques at home that don't require any supplements? And I actually was getting calls left and right And these people were looking for a little bit of hope and they built my confidence. These people who were confident in me and me telling them, you know, I could just share what we've done. And this is in the very beginning. And I'd be happy to share that with you, but like, I can't guarantee results. And after working with dozens of people, the results were kind of uh, like clockwork, as long as they were doing the work, doing the mindset work as well and becoming, um, well, I would say, really um, military-like with their routine, um, they were able to achieve results. So the confidence came from my initial first batch of clients and with my family. Wow, nice. So and, and a common theme, you know, Jeanette, that I hear from so many coaches that I that I interview is, is one mindset. You know, re- re- mindset is so so important in, in any 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 aspect you know working with someone if someone has cancer or weight loss or you know any chronic disease any chronic illness or disease you know their their mindset is so so important and being able to walk them through that you know like everybody needs to be like no one not everybody's a glass half full kind of person and i can only mm-hmm. imagine Jeanette someone who was going through um, just found out they had cancer or have had it for a while and they don't know what to do. They're not thinking half 
your glass half full anyway. You know, that's, you know what I mean? So um, in the beginning, I, I totally agree, Corey. I totally agree. Um, yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Yeah. When it comes to mindset with particularly cancer patients, it's because from my experience, from my, my client population, is I'm only going to speak from my practice, mm-hmm. is that they have felt like they can't be an active participant in their treatment. They feel like they're going to the doctor's office, the doctor's doing A, B, and C, and then they go home and they follow, like, eat whatever you want type of protocol. You know, whatever you do, just don't lose weight. And then they're they they're almost over consuming, um, and they're not feeling like they're actually getting results. And so when people come to me first, it's about me helping them with strength based coaching. So really seeing what are their natural innate character strengths, and then we start evolving with this is your zone of genius. This is where your strength is. What can we do based on your strengths to help your disease, your cancer? Then it's about what is your ultimate dream and goal for health? For some people, it's, I want to be strong and healthy enough so that I could grow old with my spouse. For other people, is I want to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle in two years after I have bone marrow transplant. I want to, um, I just want to live with a peaceful mind and take the medication that will take away my, my pain. So there's a lot of different variety um, of health goals that my clients have. And the number one thing is we start off with their strengths so that we can they can feel confident and they could really wrap their hands around it, that this is my strength. This is my superpower right now. And every step going forward, I am going to lift up a different superpower of mine. So it's about building strengths and what they know is certain and what is positive in their life now. Right, right. At, at what point, you know, and, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, at what point do does someone come to you? Like, at what stage of their um, disease? Like, how, how does that look in, in your practice? Is it kind of all over the place? Is there a certain um, aspect or stage of their life that they come to, come to you? You know, what does that look like? Yeah, so there are people that come to me at all stages. Like, I Last weekend, I had two stage four patients come to me last weekend. Um, I also have people who are in what I call diagnosis limbo. So when their doctor says, you know, well, we saw something in a scan, a regular mammogram, or it could have been just some lab work, and I don't like it, I'm going to send you off to do some more scans and some more labs. And from that time to the time they get results two to three weeks later, and the doctor says, you know, but don't worry, I also get clients within that limbo stage. And that's actually my favorite type of client. For the mere reason of we have an opportunity to get in front of the uncertainty. We have an opportunity to build the game plan of regardless of what happens going forward. Um, and then we start making changes in their health regardless of a diagnosis. And then they feel in control a little bit more regardless of what's about to come or not come. It's a wake-up call. So I love the right. diagnosis limbo clients the most. Uh, we're able to really do a, an entire life flip, right? I, I could, I could, I would think that they are, they're ready for that change. Like they, they're like, oh man, like some, yeah, like you said, it's a wake up call. So they're ready to to make that change, and they're 
more willing to to listen. Mm-hmm. And then cool. we're not playing so, on the defense, so let's we're playing t- on the offense. Right, which is always so much easier <laughs> than playing on mm-hmm. on the uh, than playing on the defense, right? Like, um, you know, I, I have patients that come to me when I I should have seen them years ago. And there are so many bad habits that we're trying to figure out how we can, you know, correct one at a time. And I don't know if you have this experience with your patients, but, you know, when when um, you do have that person that is that you're working on the def like you're on defense and you have so much that you have to do. And, you know, realistically, it's going to take a lot of time. Um mm-hmm. And that's easy for for me to say, right? Because I deal with people who have you know type two diabetes, or um, sometimes just strictly or morbidly obese that want to lose that need to lose weight to save their life. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing like you know I have cancer and that fear of death is there. Even though you know with mm-hmm. morbidly obese patients that that sh- their fear should be there, but nothing like a cancer patient. So uh, I'm assuming that. Do you ever when you when you're working with a patient that is um, you're not on the offense and you're trying to work work through a lot of things? Um, mm-hmm. What is that like? You know what? Because there is there it's kind of a, a higher anxiety kind of a situation. Am I wrong about that? No, you're right about it. You're totally right about it. Um, my patients when they are in that state when they're on defense and. They're working with maybe five or six different practitioners besides their oncologist. They're working with naturopathic, um, other types of coaches, and they feel overwhelmed because they're trying to reach for different things that can save their life, that they're actually putting hours and hours of workload on them and their family, and it's really hard to manage. And so my number one question that I work with all clients for is not what do you want to do? What do you value? We start there. For some people, they say, I value my family, okay? How is your schedule revolving around your family now? How can we include your family into this treatment process or your at-home care? And so it's really about what do you value? Let's protect that first because that's going to give you that calm in the center of the storm. And then we work backwards and we kind of reverse engineer the life they want to live. Because it's never about adding more. It's always about removing things with these clients of mine. And it's not removing their practitioner's advice or their treatment plan. No, that is that is um, sacred, right? That is, that is what needs to happen. But it's like, what else is happening at home that might be a little bit too much? What else can we remove at home that can eliminate some of this distress? Sometimes. It's having a conversation with the caregiver. Sometimes Mm. it's about protocols when family members come to visit. Sometimes it's a no advice rule of the house. And I have this thing that's called the outsider protocol. And so if someone was to come into a home, um, which my patients all tell me that it's been a game changer in their life, when somebody wants to come and visit at home, like, okay, perfect. We're going to send you over this waiver. You got to sign it before you come in. They read the rules of the house. They know what's allowed, what's not conversation topics off the table in order to keep the patient in peace and serenity. 
that's that's so important you, you know especially stre- i'm assuming stress management is is important for anybody and mm-hmm. and really having those that structure around okay this is my home mm-hmm. because it's it's everywhere i mean especially mm-hmm. for them they go to their doctor they're talking about their cancer they have their mm-hmm. other people that are part of their team and it's all about their like at some point you just want to have a normal conversation <laughs> you know right. and you know not everything has to be around the cancer exactly and the thing is that some patients they're fine with talking about cancer but they hate when um opinions are brought up well i saw this thing on facebook and you should take this i brought you these three books that my friend did and you know one of the things that's the worst thing to do with a patient is to compare their cancer their life their story their body to somebody else's diagnosis body and story completely different oh my gosh yeah and there's no comparison and so they'll be like you know my friend had stage four, um, triple negative breast cancer, just totally fine. She had this one beverage that she ordered online and look at her now. So you have nothing to worry about. And it's like, don't compare because that creates despair. Oh my gosh. It it, it does, Jeanette. Like I, I can, I have patients and I, and I, this is, this is, this is one I get a lot. Jeanette is, mm-hmm. has somebody come in, they, you know, they're, you know, three, 400 pounds or, or whatever, um, or no, they're, they're type two diabetic uncontrolled. They come in, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and they're like, I want to try this because, um, my friend on Facebook did X, Y, Z, and he said that his diabetes is gone. So they start doing it doesn't work. And then now we took 10 steps back because they're assuming, well, why did it work for them? It didn't work for me. I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Well, not necessarily, mm-hmm. you, you know what, you're not necessarily, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just not working for you right. <laughs> because they're two right. different people. And so, also, I mean, it, mm-hmm. Corey, I'm going to say one thing about that. It's also the belief that we put into our treatment that truly makes a difference. So if their friend fixed and reversed their diabetes with this is because that person truly gave the belief and the power to that medicine to do the work. Just like there's no difference right. between someone doing holistic cancer treatment and conventional cancer treatment, it's 50-50 whether it works or not because of the true belief and faith you have and you put into it and what it's going to give you. Right, right. And and that that belief is is so so important. If you you got to believe in your in yourself that you can that you can do it and if any any kind of you know doubt can just kind of just take take you back a few steps yeah. so. awesome so I, I was i was um on instagram a few days ago and we had kind of talked about it it sounds like are you you have a a, a cancer coaching class that you're you're working on oh yeah i have an accelerator program that's awesome. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I'm really curious about that. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of people, because I used to work for an online institute that taught and certified health coaches and also board certified health coaches. And so I used to teach there. I used to be one of the success coaches. And throughout the experience there, I really saw most of the students were coming into becoming a health coach 
because of the sole reason that either they were affected with some kind of condition, disease, or cancer, or their family member was, and they wanted to stop it, right? They wanted to be an ambassador for change. And with doing so, I realized that there was a lot of people not focusing in cancer and chronic diseases as much. And sometimes it takes a little bit more support in building like the messaging and the branding and the marketing so that patients can find us. Marketing is just an invitation for people to find us so that they can receive an additional support, so that they can have a a beacon of light with them, walking alongside with them. And so that's why I created this Resilient Cancer Coaches Accelerator so that cancer patients can feel supported and loved and have someone there with them just walking the path and making sure that every step of their way, every step of their journey is um, in alignment with who they are. That's, that's dope. I, I, I really, I love that. And I respect that. That is, that is so cool. You're doing that, Jeanette. Thank you, Corey. So um, a thought that I just had is, you know, what I was thinking is, have you, um, I know you work with a lot of, you know, you know, you're a disease coach. So you work with a lot of cancer patients, things like that Mm -hmm. is to a lot of the people that come to you is, is having a health coach being a part of their team? Is that unfamiliar to them? Um, what, what is their first kind of reaction to, you know, finding out about uh, a cancer coach? Yeah, so health coach is very familiar to a lot of people because a lot of insurances are covering really the basic consultations with 15-minute follow-ups right now. So like that's really familiar with them. So when they hear cancer coach and they have the background of knowing what a health coach is, they see instant value in support and in accountability. So like that's one. When there is someone who's not familiar with it, cancer coach sounds like a really foreign guru type person. And I want to just yeah. tell everybody listening, like there's no guru-ness. I don't have the answers. Right. I help you connect to your answers like, um, and help you right. take the plan you have in place. And how can we make it less labor intensive? How can we make it more fun? How are you going to create accountability to reach those goals and desires that you want? And I'm the person that you check in with and just verify that you're still in alignment with your healing plan. Awesome. How many, how many days a week or, you know, what, what is the, how do you check in with them? Is it weekly, monthly? How do you do that? Yeah. So I'm all about not setting the agenda for clients ever, ever. So I let my clients tell me how often they want to work with me. So I have some clients who in the beginning, they check in twice a week for the first month. Um, and that's really setting up uh, procedures in their home, me talking to the caregiver, their family member as well, as to how to support the ultimate vision that my client wants in their home. Um, so that's twice a week in the first month. And then sometimes it goes to every other week. And then after six months, usually the, the wheels are moving, they become a well-oiled machine at home, and they check in with me once a month. And then I have some clients who who want a 15-minute check-in daily because they're really just focusing on a mindset um, because it might be at a point where they've accepted and we're just talking more of a spiritual basis. Okay. So you really put the power into the, the patient's hands a little bit to, you know, let them kind of figure out, you know, when they need you with, with some structure. I mean, there's some, there's some structure there, but really they have the power 
you know, to, to talk to you when they want to. Absolutely. My number one pillar in my, um, in my company is the powers in my client's hands, period. And the second that they think I have the power, I'm doing them injustice. It's a hundred percent in their hands. And I'm here to support them on their journey in their choices, period. Right. I think that's the beauty of, of health coaching. Um, whether it's chronic disease, weight loss, mm-hmm. um, disease coaching in general, is we're not telling the patient what to do. Mm-hmm. Hardly ever. We're giving rec- we can give recommendations, but we're we are walking as- alongside them and mm-hmm. and guiding them through whatever journey they're they're walking through. They're they're not alone. They 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 don't they don't need to feel alone. Even when they see the some of these people see their doctor constantly and still feel alone, because like you said earlier. They go to their doctor, their doctor looks at their paper, says, okay, do X, Y, Z. They go home after a 10, 15 minute conversation. And then now they're like, okay, now they're, you know what I mean? Like, so having that health coach and being able to talk it out. I mean, there have been times, Jeanette, where I have had 30 minute conversations with patients and they have had nothing to do with whatever chronic whatever they were supposed to be seeing me about you know absolutely. like absolutely um, and and that's the beauty of a health coach we don't my goal you know i am a solution not, you know i'm i'm a solution to figure things out and that conversation in the future could really help us figure out some things with their you know um heart disease or chronic kidney disease or whatever the case may be and they just wanted they just needed to vent to someone and someone they know that's not going to judge them. Um, and Ooh, that brings up another question. And then I got another one. <laughs> um, this I'm one all is yours, Corey. No, that, that we, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so that, um, so, and what, what I like to do a big, um, part of my, um, my, what I do with my patients when I very first see them either on the phone or in person is I'm trying to build a rapport so, you know, we can build a trust, you know, what, you know, what do you do to, you know, build that rapport with someone that doesn't know you, it's kind of nervous. Um, what, what does that look like? I'm building that. How do you build that trust in your patients? Oh my goodness. I haven't even thought of that. It's been close to six years since I did um, patient rapport building studies so it's almost innate to me but to be totally Mm -hmm. honest I just say take a deep breath with me and let's exhale together and we can just let out that like relief and release and then I ask you what's coming up for you what what brought you here um what is your expectations of me so I can know if I could um share my true of my practice um, so there's, there's no vagueness and then let them know what I do and what I don't do so I set that groundwork first of all then they feel peace and at ease because they don't they don't think of me as a guru or a know-it-all or having right their life in my hands so that really calms them down in addition with having um, some sensory objects around my office that allows that release and that exhale so a lot of blues, a lot of ocean 
waves and colors um, along with aromatics, like what kind of um, uh, aromas I have going on in the office, if it's something that they want. And I, before we do, we schedule a session, I ask them, is there any smell that's really pleasant to you and gives you pleasant memories? And a lot of the times it's citrus smells. And so I always have like a diffuser running some kind of citrus smell to help combat the nausea. So just oh, a lot cool. of little things. Yeah, a lot of little things to help them feel that they're in control and I am on their path and on their map. Right. So that that's great. The, what I do is it probably won't work for the type of patients that you see. Mm-hmm. But the the one thing that I have gotten the most success in building rapport in patients, like patients will still if I haven't seen them in months, they'll, they'll still call and check in and talk about how they're doing. Like I've built Amazing. strong reports with these people is they will ask me, they'll ask me questions because they, they think that I'm going to put on this expert hat and I'm going to have every answer for them. Right. right. And yes, I do have a lot of experience, but mm-hmm. I'll be the last one to tell you that I'm an expert. So what I started doing with some patients, and this was just kind of an experiment, it kind of just kind of happened on a limb, was I would say, hey, um, I'm here to help you. I'm, I don't know all the answers, but, Google's, but Google does, and we'll find it out <laughs> together. So for some reason, <laughs> that yeah. kind of is almost like a breath of fresh air to them. Like, okay, so like I was like, hey, because I, I, I don't, you can, you can ask me a about, you know, you might ask me a question about keto. I don't know everything uh-huh. about keto, but mm-hmm. you know, I know how to Google. And so we'll yeah. figure it out. You know what I'm saying? My goodness. And that has, that has created such a rapport with some of my page with some of my patients that I do that on that we've seen, I've seen so much success from them all by taking that expert hat off and being like, Hey, I'm here. To, I'm here to serve you any way I can. That's so beautiful, Corey, that we're both on that same thought process, right? Letting them know, what is your expectations of me so I could tell you what I do and don't do? And then that takes off so much stress. And so that is so incredible that you're doing that and bringing that power back in the clinics. Like, Corey, you're incredible. Oh, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to get like you, so I'm, I'm getting close. So You are um, so awesome. Jeanette, <laughs> at this point, point in the podcast we've been on for about 35 minutes so i do want to be mindful of your time but at this point in the podcast i like to have the guest give the people listening uh, a smart goal or something to take home with them to be mindful of be intentional of or um just a just a good takeaway there are so many takeaways from this conversation um but what what is something that what is what is a goal you would like to give to the Smart Talk listeners? Okay, so I really, it came to me in the middle of our conversation today, Corey, and it was, you asked me when, what I like to see clients, and then it, I really talked about our disease limbo time, that's the golden time when clients can find me. Um, and then you also said, you know, when I see patients, you know, I wished I saw them years ago. And so my smart goal for your audience is going to be this. It's for specific It's going to be know your health assessment, know your scores, and know your labs. That's my goal for them. 
And then for measurable, how are we going to measure it? Knowing that is your score based on the current population? Because every lab is different based on the current population that they are testing, or is it based on a medical average? And so really knowing and having even a number, when I get my scores back with all my labs and scans and exams, physical exams, what will make me feel healthy? And what is that line that I don't want to cross? And if I do cross it, what is our next step? So it's really getting in front of our health and knowing and taking control what we want, not leaving it up to chance. So taking what's real and knowing what's going next. And then achievable, is it achievable? Do you have doctors that you know, like, and trust? Is there a location near you where you can get these labs? Do you know the cost so that you can make sure that the testing will be done? Um, And then what's the time frame? You know, the time frame of when you get the results back. So that's for A. And then for relevant, uh, reasonable and realistic, This is for your health planning. Many families and um, I'd say insurance really focus on family planning. Why don't you use this goal as your health planning? A way to plan your health out. And then for your time frame, set a timeline, uh, set a a, a date in the calendar for you to do it every single year. Uh, Whether it's once a year or twice a year, just Put it in your calendar, on all your calendars, and make sure that this is a family goal. Um, I know some people who like to do it on their birthday, so they do these um, health assessments around their birthday, so they never forget it. And uh, they have a clean bill of, when they get their clean bill of health, they just are soaring and so confident rather than having to feel in that fear state ever. That That, that is a, thank you so much for that, Jeanette. There, there's, People take too much risk with their life by not check, checking in one, just once a year. Just check in. Yeah. Just check in on your health once a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that that's a great goal. Jeanette, where can the where can people reach you at? You know, what where are you at on social website? You know, where can they see you? Yeah, so my uh, website is uh, Experience Health by Jeanette. And if your audience wants to get a copy of the um, Outsider Protocol, uh, I'd be happy to send them to it. Just fill out the contact information on my website. And then my Instagram, where I'm probably giving the most tips and tricks for patients, caregivers, and family members, is my Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Disease Life Coach. Right on, right on. Well, Jeanette, thank you so much for your time. And um, it was it was great building with you, learning from you today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Corey. I really appreciate you and and this amazing message you're putting out into the world. Awesome. Well, hey, this is the Smart Talk Podcast and I'll see you next time.